Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast. If you have just started listening to this podcast, um, at the moment my publishing is a little out of kilter. Um, I'm soon to be releasing a whole series of clinic visits that I've done working with a sponsor, Access Fertility, where I'll be giving you an insight into the different clinics that they work with around the UK. Uh, but that's not going to be until May. So what I've been doing is just catching up with a few people and putting together episodes because I had planned to release that season a little sooner. But hey, these things happen. So this is season three of the Fertility Podcast. And if you are listening for the first time, do go and check out season one and two. You can do that at thefertilitypodcast.com or on iTunes where you can also subscribe. Now today's episode is taking a bit of a different look at the whole fertility journey natural fertility and interestingly enough I was just with a friend of mine today who brilliantly told me she was pregnant having been through tests and was told by the doctors that she wasn't going to get pregnant naturally because the lining of her uterus they said was too thin for implantation so she was told that inevitably she would have to have fertility treatment so she was gearing up for that and she's fallen pregnant now it does seem more and more that um, people seem to get told this and that fertility treatment is their only option which of course you know for plenty of people that is the only option and it was the route that my husband and I took however what you'll hear from my next guest on the fertility podcast is about taking a moment more than a moment taking a bit of time out to just investigate some other options maybe down the natural fertility route that you could take to see if that could help your chances of conceiving naturally before you go down the fertility route so do have a listen and i'd be really interested to hear from you and i'll give you all the details afterwards so now i'm going to welcome another lady from tweetsville i found Twitter the most amazing place to connect with people and if you're on a fertility journey maybe you have a twitter account that you're using to just speak to others who can share what you're going through and i'm going to welcome a lady who goes by the twitter handle at fertility roi to the podcast She'd like to remain anonymous and as you know if you've been listening to the podcast up until just a few weeks ago i was doing exactly the same there's absolutely no issue with it this is a safe place us to talk about different fertility issues so welcome to the podcast how are you um i'm good i'm having a good day today so um and delighted to be able to i suppose come on and share my story in an anonymous forum we had a chat on twitter just the other day and i thought you know why not let's just talk because you've just put a, a blog out never lose hope 2016 if, if you're happy to I, I want you to tell me about when you discovered that your fertility journey wasn't as you'd imagine to start with. Yeah, so I suppose for me, I, my husband and I decided to start our family in 2014. And we'd been together a long time before that. So we were together 11 years. So, you know, we just assumed, oh, sure, look, this will be fine. We'll, you know, have our family now and, you know, life will be rosy. And I suppose month after month then, I was only 27 at the time. So I thought this will definitely happen. I'm at a really good age. But it was really when I'd hit the 12-month time that I thought, okay, I really must go maybe and get some tests done and get get checked out. So I suppose it was probably about 18 months into our journey, about six months ago then, that we discovered that I had fertility issues. So I, I had come back with low ovarian reserve. And then when we did some more investigations, I was diagnosed with 
mild endometriosis. Everything was fine with my husband, so we were very lucky that way. But I suppose we were recommended really at that point then that fertility treatment is likely to be, you know, our only option of conceiving. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. We did decide, that was six months ago, so we did decide that we would, I suppose I'm the type of person that I like to armor myself with a lot of knowledge. I just don't like to take one person's opinion, even if it is from a medical professional at face value. I like to kind of do my own research around it as well. So we decided that we wouldn't go get treatment straight away. We would maybe just look at other areas of my lifestyle that maybe I could improve. Was there anything I could do in terms of my nutrition? So that's the plan that we're kind of at at the moment. And It's really good. Yeah. It's really refreshing to hear that, that you've just taken stock of what you just found out. Because yeah. I think sometimes, and I know personally, when we were told that we were needing treatment, it was so overwhelming. But actually we were like, okay, let's do it. Because if you've been trying for yeah. such a long time, you're just like, okay, okay. So the fact that you've taken a step back is is really commendable. I think part of that, I suppose, for us, like we are a very realistic, grounded couple. You know, we don't rush into any decisions. We have to do what's right for us. But one of the things here in Ireland, as I'm sure you're aware, is fertility treatment is very expensive. So we don't have any, I know it's expensive in the UK as well, but we don't have any funding from the government. So we didn't also want to get ourselves into huge financial debt you know, if we didn't, we really wanted to kind of think this through. So although we're still saving a lot of money at the moment for, towards fertility treatment, we're just still trying naturally looking at improving other areas of my lifestyle. So we did actually find somebody in Ireland who works specifically on natural fertility. And one thing that I found really interesting was she does uh, testing, and I think Dr. Marilyn Glenville might have talked about this, I'm not sure on your podcast, but it's it's a full test for a female hormone profile that you do via spit test, and okay. it, it gives you a full comprehensive picture of your hormones over your monthly cycle, so it's much more comprehensive than a blood test that they would do in a fertility clinic. And that showed up hormone imbalance when I got this test done with this lady. So it was really interesting that if I had got blood tests done, for example, on day 21, that would have shown that my progesterone was really high. But this, the spit test was able to show that actually the progesterone over the monthly cycle was like a zigzag. It, it, it was dipping. Yeah, it was dipping, yeah. So it was really interesting to get all that information that I would have never actually got in the fertility clinic because they would have only been doing blood tests on specific days. So... That for me at the moment, I'm on different supplements now to help with that and, and kind of looking at my, as I said, my diet all of the time has changed in order to help the hormone imbalance as well. So I'm finding that plan at the moment very refreshing, even though, you know, we still may need to get few treatment in the future and we've kind of given ourselves until the summertime. Right. With the current plan that we're on now, but still then looking at, okay, we, we need to move on to the next step then in the summertime. So if you are going to enter into fertility treatment, at least you're doing it knowing you've done everything possible. Yes, and I think that's what, for me, I will feel, okay, I'm going into this even in the best health um, possible. I'm going to have armed myself with so much nutrition. I'm going to be emotionally ready. And as you said, it's I'll have feel that I've done all I can. I haven't skipped any steps along the way, that this is our next option. And also, you know, in order to, I suppose, feel that my body's in the right place for treatment to be successful, I'll know that I'll have given it all I can, um, you know, to do that, that I'll be in the right place. 
So you talk about your diet mm -hmm. and how you've been making changes. Do you want to tell me some of the things that you've been looking at? Yeah, so one of the things that um, I suppose from an endometriosis perspective was looking at like reducing maybe dairy intake, looking at um, just even the amount of fruits and vegetables that I was eating throughout the day. What about my blood sugar levels? Was I, you know, making sure that if I was eating fruit, did I have nuts or other foods coming in to make sure that my blood sugar levels weren't spiking? Um, so I may I reduce dairy out of my diet. Um, I have I don't, you know, look for dairy free everything if I'm eating out. But I've I've reduced um, or replaced the dairy products um, in the household with non what non dairy ones. I have also just really increased my vegetable intake. So I was looking at, okay, what are the portions of fruit and vegetables I eat per day? So I've increased my vegetable intake to about eight to 10 portions a day rather than um, five, you know, four to five portions a day, what I, what I would have been doing previously. Um, I really wasn't eating enough healthy fats. I right. That was the one thing. And when I had started my fertility journey, I had been told by my GP to put on weight. And that had really frustrated me because I thought, gosh, do I really need to put on weight? Like, I look fine. Um, you know, I'm doing the right things. I'm, I'm eating well. I'm exercising. But when I went to this natural fertility specialist, she said, it's just you didn't have enough fat in the right places. Mm -hmm. So I've put on a stone in the last 12 months, but yet I still fit in all the same clothes. You wouldn't even really notice it. Um, so if anything, you probably built muscle uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, it's, but it's really interesting that all of that was just done by adding in some extra foods into my diet, eating, I, I'd eat quite a lot of fats now, um, whereas before I, I maybe didn't eat enough of them. Um, so it's, it wasn't massive changes. I was always a big foodie person anyway, but it was just about making sure that I was eating the right quantities of, of the good food. Um, I still allow myself my treats. I'm not in any way restricting myself at all, but I just I just make sure that there, there's just a lot more um, vegetables coming into my diet, particularly. I think it's really interesting um, just to to think about that side of things. And mm -hmm. one of the things that you know, that in the podcast you mentioned the interview with Dr. Marilyn Glenville. There was also the chat with Emma Cannon, who I don't yes. know if you've looked at her mm -hmm. book or. So both, and there's, there's, you know, there's all sorts of people in the fertility world, of course, who focus on the importance of, of nutrition. Um, but they're two people that I've spoken to. Um, Emma was episode nine of, of season one. Um, Dr. Marilyn Glenville, uh, season uh, episode eleven. Um, both just focusing on on also different times of your cycle that you can do things. And I think, you know, you're a really great example of taking the time, having a thing, it's kind of trial and error because why not? try it all out and like you say the improvement in your I suppose your physique mm -hmm. um, you, you've demonstrated how different it can be it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get fat and feel uncomfortable yeah. you know you're you're obviously you know really aware of what it's done to your body and and, and it's like it sounds like it in all the right places um, how are you feeling now and you decided to kind of go public as much as you have done being anonymous but you, you, you're using the internet for Twitter and I know you've got a blog which lots of people are finding um, helps when they're on a fertility journey. How are you feeling about it? I think for me, when I reached the 12-month mark, I found that very difficult because I thought, okay, you know, I had read things before, or oh, your classes, you know, being in, in infertility, in a couple with infertility, if you've been trying for 12 months. And that for me, I was like, oh, my goodness, like, there's something wrong. It's, it's, it's 12 months. It should have happened. 
and and I suppose coping emotionally with the disappointment every month. And at that time, it was really all very silent. I hadn't shared my story with many people. I had just maybe told one or two close friends, but. I'm the type of person that's very open and honest. Um, I'm a good communicator. I think it's really, really important that, you know, we are very honest with each other. But when it comes to fertility, that's still a very, very difficult subject that we don't want to be talking to everybody about because it's very personal um, to you. And there's no definitive end on it. You don't know how long this journey is going to be. So... I found then reading other people's blogs, once I got to the 12-month mark, I found that I was reading other people's blogs more and more. And for me, that was a massive, massive comfort. I didn't feel at that time that I was ready to do it, but I spent a lot of time reading other people who were further down into the journey than I was. And I was learning a lot about their experiences. And especially the most important thing for me was managing my well-being over all of this. The one thing that I think I learned as well was about reading other people's blogs even just coping when you are going for tests or you know you can only I think really understand that when you hear personal stories from other people you don't get that reassurance from you know what's going to happen from the from the medical professionals themselves even though they do their best it's still a very clinical process and I took such great comfort from reading all of um, other people's stories with that and that's where I learned most of my information so that's where I suppose then as time went on I always thought you know I will go onto the internet myself I'll create an anonymous username and I'll I'll be that person but I think it was when I hit the two-year mark I just felt okay the time is right now because I felt I had armored myself with so much knowledge over the past two years that I now felt that I had something that I'd be able to maybe give back to somebody else in an earlier stage of their journey yeah. One of the things that I feel the most passionate about is just building up your emotional resilience because, you know, when I was told that I had the low AMH, I was told by the fertility clinic, now, you are the same as somebody age 45 to 50 trying to conceive. So that's how I was told that information. There was no counsellor on site. I was given that information and sent home. Now, that was horrendous. Because all I could think about now was somebody age 45 to 50 trying to conceive. So, and there was no one to sit me down and talk me through it. There was just somebody there. Now, the doctor was a nice person, but really didn't have that awareness about how I should deliver this news to somebody who's in their 20s. And so that for me, I've been doing a lot of work over the last two months and just really building up my emotional resilience in this experience. And because first, you know, that's the most important thing. I have to be able to still be me at the end of the day, even if this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of really what I want my blog to be about. Now, on your blog, you talk about your husband and the strength of your, your relationship. And you mentioned a couple of people that you've, you've spoken to about mm-hmm. this. So I'm just interested, are you are you looking to work with a fertility coach or a specific counsellor? Or have you got some friends or a friend that's been through treatment? Or are you just, you're just going to use the kind of context you're meeting online? I have attended counselling because I think that's really important just as an outlet for me that I'm not always, I suppose, and, and it's not that I feel like I'm birthing my husband, but I think it is you know, sometimes a good idea just to go and talk to somebody who's not emotionally involved in the situation. And me and my husband would have a really, really strong relationship. He's being an absolute tower of strength through all of this, and we're lucky that we have each other in that. But I do find in the last few months, I suppose, I really wanted to start maybe leaning on other people too, that I didn't feel that it was just our issue to deal with on our own. I do feel very strongly about that because it's a very isolating experience. So I did attend counselling. 
most of my friends um, are very lucky to have had no issues um, conceiving and some of them just with the age that we're at haven't started that process yet so linking in with people online I think is just where I feel now will be a really good outlet for me and the fact that I can do it anonymously at the moment um, is even better because nobody you know I'm a faceless person um, but yet I can still share my story and get comfort hopefully from others who've been through the same and I'm particularly interested in speaking to people who've been given this low ovarian reserve diagnosis and how that impacted on them because that still is something that does worry me um, at the back of it all in terms of you know will that affect um, even when we go for treatment in the future um, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to get some maybe support online with that. Well, we'll put it out there now, you know, with the podcast, mm-hmm. if people are listening and it is an experience that they have, have been told that that's what their issue is. Um, I mean, on the one hand, whilst we don't know the outcome of, of all these changes that you're making, being told the this, this specific something helps a little it does, rather than yeah. it being unexplained. Mm-hmm. But let's see if there is anybody else um, who might listen to the podcast and, and feel free to drop me an email, natalie at fertilitypodcast.com and, and I'll pass it on. Of course, you can tweet uh, at Fertility Potty and at Fertility ROI. All the details of uh, our lovely Twitter arty lady are going to be on the show notes um, as well as you'll see when the episode goes out, um, her, her Twitter handle. Well, look, keep me posted. I and will. In touch. And best of luck. And look, this, this whole journey, as you found, there are people in the same boat. There are people that you can talk to and hopefully get some... Uh, comforts knowing that you know you're not alone even though like you say it can feel so unbelievably isolating and, and just bewildering even at the best of times that's it well listen thank you very much um it was really nice for me to be able to come on and share my story here and i'm looking forward to maybe hearing from some of your listeners all right we'll speak again okay thank thanks you. very much thank you next up it's gloria who also specialises in natural fertility. So I'm now going to welcome Gloria Hallam, who's the founder of a great named company called Rock On Divas. Now, Gloria works with women to help them find a balance when they've got, say, a stressful lifestyle and they're trying to get pregnant. She focuses on de-stressing, detoxing, healing and nourishing, and she's going to tell us about a retreat that she's got coming up at the end of the month. So, Gloria, welcome to the Fertility Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Natalie. Thanks for having me on. It's lovely to speak to you. So I love the name Rock on Divas. Tell me, tell me a bit about the women that you work with. Um, a lot of the women I've been working with come to me from different works of life, and a lot of them tend to be professional women who have done the career thing and they are uh, they are ready to embark on the uh, pregnancy journey. So in a lot of them are 30s, late 30s, early 40s, some even younger uh, who have been trying for a while to um, get pregnant or are about to embark on um, IVF or whatever fertility treatments um, are available out there. And they want to find out how they can improve their chances to um, get pregnant or just generally um, improve their health and wellness to carry uh, the pregnancy to term and have a healthy pregnancy. So it's a variety of um, different women that come to me. And a lot of them, the main thing they tend to, um, the, the main place they tend to be at is stressed out because they're worrying about
about you know getting pregnant and not getting pregnant and why it's taking so long or they've been told uh, they um, have conditions like um, unexplained fertility PCOS or endometriosis whatever it is um, I have all of those come to me to find out what else they can do. So give an example of what else they, they could do from working with you. Um, what I tend to focus on, I have, um, I came up with a technique called, which I've termed the Thrive Technique, uh, because a lot of these um, people and people in general tend to stress out a lot. Uh, their bodies are, you know, uh, full of toxins, bacteria, and because I've added stress, that makes the environment toxic. And they tend not to take the time out to nourish themselves and de-stress. So we focus on all those aspects. So the the Thrive Technique is made up of um, five different pillars. And we look at detoxing the body. We look at uh, de-stressing, finding out what their stressors are individually. And we also um, look at healing body and soul. That's looking at the hormones, PMS, uh, we look at balancing the, the, the hormones. It's a whole variety of things. And you know, best of all, we look at ways to nourish their bodies and looking at diet and nutrition as well, which is key in improving uh, the fertility health or conception health. And when people come to you, um, are you talking about you work predominantly with women? Are they wanting to get their partners involved? I mean, do they take away stuff to try and share at home? Yes, they do take away a lot of information because it's it's a partnership thing. It's not a one woman, you know, uh, journey uh, trying to get pregnant. So they take away a lot of uh, information on health, diet, uh, supplementation, and trying to figure out things that would work individually for them. So it's a personal journey. Not One size doesn't fit all. So um, we talk together and sometimes I get to meet with the partners as well to try and get everything together. And do you tend to work in person or do you work on Skype with people? I work on Skype with um, a lot of people because it's more personal. They'll like to be at home and, you know, be in that safe environment. But once in a while, I do have a clinic where people can come and meet with me uh, and, you know, just have their sessions. So in, in initially what happens is I meet with them in person. So I get to know them. We go through a health consultation and uh, figure out if you know we can work together and then once they sign up as clients most of the time they tend to uh, work on Skype on Skype because quite a few of my clients are not in the country so um, that's the way it's easier that way you know thank yeah. god for technology I know amazing <laughs> now one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was your uh, Thrive Retreat which is happening at the end of April. This is April 2016, in case you've picked up this podcast sometime in the future. <laughs> um, now, this is based at the Lifehouse Spa in Essex. Yes. And I know that you still have a few places left on it. So just tell me what that involves. Is it is it one or, one or two days? It's two days. It's the 28th and 29th of, um, of April 2016. And it's two days, one night stay. And it involves a whole heap of things for them to do. I, I put this together because I thought when women, you know, want to get pregnant, they stress out. And if they've been trying for a long time, it's stressful. Uh, they fall out of touch with themselves. So it's a time for them to come to a safe space to regroup, 
relax themselves and get information from myself as a health coach. I also have a consultant gynecologist uh, coming along and also a fertility massage therapist who you know, will be providing information on preconception health and what they can do to improve their preconception health and chances of fertility. So it's you know, perfect for anybody who's ready to start a family, has been having difficulty getting pregnant or about to embark on IVF treatments because it takes about three or four months you know, for egg and sperm to develop properly. So we tend to say, take that time, that three or four months to improve your health, improve your chances of conception and improve your egg and sperm health because a lot of the information the women would learn, they take home to their partners and practice that at home. And I suppose if there is somebody listening who's been trying for quite a while and has been told, for example, um, the lady that we, we spoke to at the beginning of this podcast, Fertility ROI, who's been told that they are going to need fertility treatment and they've chosen to try and go down the natural fertility route. Something like this could be just quite a um, a good reset yeah. to kind of take a step back and, and have a few conversations with maybe people who are in a similar position as you, as well as the experts like yourself okay. and the people that you've got there, to then start with a, a kind of a, a fresh perspective because it can be so all-consuming if you are having difficulty trying to conceive yeah it can be you know extremely difficult and because um because of you know the stress and the amount of time they've taken you know and they're not getting pregnant they get into that zone of oh my god what can i do and you know they get really you know anxious about the whole process so this is a time to reset this is a time to take that time out to calm down to let all the stress go because also include apart from the workshops that are going to be given by myself and uh, the gynecologist and uh, uh, therapist, there is also going to be yoga classes. They're also going to be having healthy foods and fresh juices. There's also a choice of um, uh, spa treatments. They have full use of the spa of the spa all through the time. There is also um, a garden walk because the grounds are you know, absolutely gorgeous. They have lakes and gardens around there, and they um, they have they, they have the opportunity to have one on one twenty minute consultation with me or the gynecologist. So they have all that. So it's a case of coming, leave all the stress and all the crazy out the door. Come in, get pampered, get the information, get yourself nourished. And, you know, go home with the information. And they also go home with a gift bag full of supplements and um, uh, healthcare, you know, product, products, skincare products as well. So it's a lot, you know, in two days, one night, but they go home feeling relaxed and ready to take on what, what else comes. Hopefully having some well-deserved me time. All right, well, we'll put all the details because I know you've got limited places and um, we've just got a couple of weeks until the retreat. Uh, so we'll put the details on the show notes um, at, that people can have a look at the end of the episode. And you're very kindly giving a 10% discount uh, for the remaining places on what sounds like a gorgeous couple of days. This podcast is going up Monday the 18th of April. And because we're so near to the retreat, the offer's only open till Tuesday the 19th of April this is 2016 at midnight this is Greenwich Mean Time in the UK (laughs) so if you are listening in the future or you've just missed out if you go to rockondivas.com then click on the events page you'll see all the details and if you if you click through to register and enter 
the words fertility poddy, then Laurie's very kindly going to give you a 10% discount on that retreat. But I'm afraid if you're listening in the future, you've missed it. So you have to just leave your details for a future one. Uh, Gloria, thank you so much. And we're going to put all your details on the show notes and um, I'll put all your Twitter handle and your Facebook group because I know you've got loads going on with what you do. Yeah. Um, but best of luck with it. Thank you and so it's much, been, Natalie. It's been lovely chatting. It's been lovely chatting with you. Lovely chatting with you too. And thank you for having me on. It's been fun. My pleasure. So two ladies there who I have actually put in touch in the hope that maybe they can work together. If you would like to know about Fertility ROI's blog and Gloria's retreat, just get yourself to the show notes for this episode. It's the fertilitypodcast.com forward slash natural. That's the fertilitypodcast.com forward slash natural. Now, if you haven't subscribed, then it'd be great if you did. Just go to thefertilitypodcast.com. And also, you can do it via iTunes. And if you fancy letting me know what you think about this podcast, you can rate and review on iTunes. It really helps this podcast get a bit more of a profile. I'm always really keen to hear from you if there's a particular struggle that you're going through at the moment, or if there's a new development in your fertility journey, or if there's a burning question that you'd like me to put to a fertility expert on your behalf, then just drop me an email, natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com. And until the next time.